I'll better check here. Okay, we're there. We're there. Oh. Who's been off this week? If you work, who's been had a week off this week? Have you had time off? Do you know what's like when you sort of start back in? Does anyone, it takes a little while, doesn't it, to get back into the rhythm of things again? Or is it just me? Okay, a few of you do. Okay. Um, and yeah, feel free to draw a picture of me. Um, that'd be lovely, genuinely. I'll let my wife judge the most attractive uh, <laughs> of them. Um, I'm not going to be too long, because obviously children hit in and so on, um, and we love having them in. It's just great to be church families together and to be gathered again at the beginning of New Year, 2022. Um, wow. I don't know, I think I said this at the Christmas Carol thing, that I still feel like I'm back in September. It just doesn't feel like a whole year has gone, but it has, and here we are. And I'm greatly appreciative as well to, to Brian just coming up and saying what he just said. And also Marcus, what he felt there as well about this invitation to find our life in him and to live in him and be plugged into him, because that's exactly what I want to just spend a few moments on speaking about. So I kind of love it when God just ties those things together. It's just encouraging, isn't it, that we don't plan that, but God says each one has and we bring come together like this. So if you've got a Bible, turn to John chapter 15, and I'm just going to read a few verses from there in a minute. Um, I don't know about you as well, this time of year sometimes you get these sort of notifications or emails come through and, and one came through in my inbox from the app store and it said this, it said achieve anything this year. You know, if you download the right apps, you can achieve anything this year. I've got to be honest, I looked at it and I thought, man, that is so shallow. <laughs> it's like really getting some right apps or whatever, like that's going to really help me this year. And I, it, it just made me think more and more about what I want to say this morning, really, about where we live this year. It's not getting the latest app to help fix our lives or whatever. Where we live this year really matters. And Jesus, in John chapter 15, is speaking to his disciples, and um, he's encouraging them to say, kind of, make your address me, Jesus. Make him your home. And so it says this in John chapter 15. I am the vine, the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, so it will bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. And this is a verse I really want to focus on. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me me. I'm the vine and you're the branches. And he goes on. It's this beautiful picture of connection with God here. And it's important that when we come to verses like this, we've got at least a bit of an understanding of the context and the meaning of this and what the I am the vine would have meant to those that are hearing this for the first time. And I'm sure you're aware of this, but this was pointing to God's people. When you read the Old Testament, when you read about the, the picture of the vine, often it was in relation to God's people, Israel, and often actually in relation to them not doing so well, not being so fruitful. As a vine is meant to bear grapes and so on. In fact, Psalm 80 refers to them as the vine. It says, you removed a vine from Egypt and you planted it and it grew. This picture of this story of the people of God coming out of Exodus, coming out of the place of slavery, into a place of freedom. God planted them like a, a vine. They grew, but they didn't bear the fruit. And so a lot of the, the good fruits that God expected of them. And so often, like I said, it describes their failure 
to produce good fruit. Now, what sort of fruit are we talking about here? Well, in the New Testament, we get in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit talks about love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control and kindness. And these are, these are good fruit. Who would agree that they're good things? Who wants to grow in these things? Does, does anyone not want to become more loving, more kind, more patient? And yet, if we, we kind of look at ourselves, maybe you think, well, like Brian said, these lights, <laughs> these lights sometimes they're bright and sometimes they feel a bit dull and all the rest of it. And how do you kind of live this Christian life and produce the kind of fruits that God's called us to, to be his image bearers in the world? Because that's what we're called to, to bear the image of God in this world, to show the world, like Israel, what God is like. And Israel, when they sought to live independently of God, they sinned and, and they didn't produce this good fruit. So how do we do that? And well, Jesus comes on the scene and says, well, look, I'm the vine. He says, I am the true vine. This I am, relating back to the name of God in the Old Testament, as, as God revealed to Moses, this is who I am. And, and, and it's this name of God. So Jesus here is, is both putting himself in the, in the shoes of God, saying, I am, but also I'm the true vine. I am the true Israel. In other words, you want to be connected, grafted into the people of God. If you want to be connected to God, it's in and through me. Where Israel failed, Jesus succeeds. That's the story of the Bible there. Where we fail, Jesus does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And so he says, I'm the true vine. And this word abide, it's shot through these, these passages in John chapter 14 and 15. And it means to, to remain, to dwell in. Abide, it's a bit like the word abode, isn't it? Your home. One writer says it's like that. It's making your home in. Make your home in me. Live with me. Stick with me. Get plugged into me. Again, that encouragement before we've even opened the Bible, pointing us in, it should prick our ears up actually. It should make us go, hang on a minute, <laughs> maybe God wants to speak to us today about this, about where we're living, where we're spending our time. And what does it look like if we're going to stick with Jesus this year, if we're going to live in him, if we're going to be plugged into him? Well, first of all, this abiding is a picture of our connection with Jesus. Verse 4, abide in me, make your home in me as I am with you. Chapel John Piper puts it this way. He says, The essential meaning of our active abiding is the act of receiving and trusting all that God is for us in Christ. It's the first and foremost. It starts there. It's the act of receiving and trusting, believing in Jesus. So when you become a Christian, here I've got my little person cut out, and you may have seen this before, I'm sure I've done this illustration before, but you know, it's this, this, this is you, this is me. Before I was a Christian, I was outside of Christ. I was not walking with God. I didn't believe in God. But in becoming a Christian, I put my trust in Jesus, in, in, in what he's done for me, in, in his words, the truth that he speaks, in his works, what he did on the cross for me, in paying for my sin. I said, look, I don't understand it all. I didn't understand it all. Okay, I'm 25 years on, and there's still things I'm grappling with. How does that work? And how does, but it, it's truth. And, and you don't have to fully understand something that's true 
Um, you don't have to fully understand it to fully enjoy it. There's lots of things I enjoy in life without fully understanding how they work. I enjoy light. No, I do not understand how light particles and waves function together. But I do enjoy light. I find it really quite handy. And in Jesus, I started to see the truth about who Jesus is and what he'd done for me and realizing, hang on a minute, his words are truth, they're life. And so I became a Christian. I put my trust in Jesus, in his truth, knowing full well that through our lives, we're going to trust someone's words. We're going to trust someone's work for us in our lives. And so I became a Christian. That's what it means. And maybe that's you. Maybe you haven't really taken that step to put your trust in Jesus. And and Bible talks about getting baptized, being in Christ, then you get baptized. I'd encourage you, going into 2022, if you know, actually, do you know what? I've taken that step, put my trust in Jesus, I want to get baptized. Get in touch with us. We'd love to baptize you in 2022. And so it's a picnic picture of our connection with Jesus, trusting in him. The second thing it is, it's a picture of our continuing with him. Not kind of living our lives sort of, well, kind of I'm a Christian, but then I'm not, and back in again. And that, that's not the Christian life. And I'm not sure if it's even possible as a Christian. Really, really, you know, kind of in and out, but kind of, yeah, I, I follow Jesus one day, but then the next day I'm not really, and I'm not really sure. Now, being in Christ means to remain in him, continue in him. To not kind of one day sort of take him seriously, the next day, well, we'll see how I feel. You know, it's been said of, uh, sort of the more recent generations, that we're a generation that think with our feelings. It depends how I feel. And you read that in stories of people's marriages where, well, I didn't feel in love. And so we split up. I didn't feel in love? Isn't there more to it than just feelings? Are we really living at the whim of our... If I lived at the whim of my feelings, I would be up and down like a yo-yo. And we mustn't do that. We need to live in, and remain in his word. Well, how do we do that? What does that look like through every season of our life as well? To make our home in Jesus. I was chatting to Emily about this before Christmas a bit. And she said, yeah, home. It's that place where you wake up and it's the place you go to sleep. It's the place where you are, where you wake up. Are you waking up, as it were, in him, in God's word, in the truth of what he's done for us? Are we going to sleep? resting in the knowledge of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Are we making our home? And I know the analogy breaks down because if you walk out your front door of your home, you're not in your home. But here is a mobile home. <laughs> he says, I'm with you always in any and every situation that you face. Make your home in him. This year, whatever you're facing, whether it's family or whether it's in work, whatever challenge or whatever things are on the horizon, we do it from this place that he's with us, abide in me as I abide in you. That's the beauty of this, it's he abides in us, he makes his home in us. That's God's big picture plan, that's revelation, isn't it? God with his people, he's with us always. And so we continue in him, through highs, through the lows, through every season. How do we do that? Well, by letting his words abide in us. He says that in verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Do you know, I wonder whose words you pay the most attention to? Genuinely, I mean, we're surrounded by words, aren't we? A little Google search and, and told me there's 1.88 billion websites. 
That's a lot of words out there. And that's just websites. That's not all the books, obviously. There's an estimated... Who, who likes a podcast? Anyone listen to podcasts? It's okay. It's fine. There's an estimated 2 million podcasts with an estimated 48 million episodes of different podcasts. There's a shed load of words out there. We are a, 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 a word-saturated culture, whether it's notifications on our phone, whether it's influencers and YouTubers, or whether it's TikTok, or whether it's WhatsApp, whatever it might be. We're surrounded by noise. And the key thing today is, is shoving that noise aside and saying, actually, do you know what? I'm going to pay more attention to Jesus' words than any other words that are spoken. I'm going to abide in him. That's what Jesus says, abide in my words, because words do shape us. That's why Goff's advice of not reading your Bible, yeah, have your Bible on your phone, but not reading it on your phone in terms of spending time in it is good advice. It's not just because Goff's a bit older. <laughs> I'm a bit older. <laughs> it's not because of that. Do you know, we read things differently online. That's a, science, that's a fact. The way we read things online, the way we read things on a screen is different. And there's something about other distractions being shut out. We've got Bibles on sale over there if you haven't got one. If you haven't got one, you can't afford one. We will give you a Bible today. Come and grab me at the end. But we need to abide in his words. In 2 John 1.9, it actually says explicitly this, abide in the teaching of Christ. If you're a Christian, that's where we're to live. They're the words that we're meant to feed from. They're the words that are meant to shape us most. His words. Jesus says, I am the word revealed to you. And then we can read, read then what Jesus is like. And if we don't spend time feeding, Jesus says that that's what the word of God is like. It's like food to us. It's nourishment. What happens if we don't eat healthy food? We get undernourished and we grow weak. And so feeding, Jesus isn't saying this to say, you've got to read your Bible. It's, it's not that, it's because there's life there. Abide in the teaching of Christ. Are you, are you doing that? Am I doing that? Each and every day, am I coming, abiding in his word? Living in that place, allowing his truth to shape me more than any other words that are spoken. It's this beautiful picture, abide in him, continue in him. And then it says, abide in his love, verse 9 and 10. And, and, and again, this is partly about we abide in his word. Well, we're going to read about the love of God. And ultimately, as we read about the death of Christ and the crucifixion, we see the love of God there because there's no greater love. And so you want to abide in the love of God, abide in, in the Gospels, abide in the stories, live there, read about Jesus' life and death and resurrection, read what he's done for you because this is the love of God. That although we turn away from him, that he's turned towards us. So we continue in him, keep yourself in the love of God. And we don't do this on our own necessarily, it's not just about each day on our own. I think the you here, others who know Greek better than me, I think it's plural. You, together. There's something beautiful about doing it together, abiding in, in God together, in Jesus together, in his teaching together. This is what we're doing this morning. That's why it's important to gather like this. That's why life groups are absolutely essential to the life of the church. Gathering with one another, abiding, living in God's word together, helping one another understand it and live it out in the world. 
That's why things like running partners are good, to gather with two or three others that you're close to as well and work out what it means to follow Jesus together. That's why we give ourselves to these things. It's part of our abiding in Jesus. But it's out from a place, and this is so important. It's not because I don't, as it were, hold myself in God's word. Thankfully, he holds me. I'm saved by grace. And again, if we abide in his word, we will be those that are, have a security in life. That he said, anyone, Jesus said, anyone who gives me, I'm not going to let them go. Anyone who comes to me, I'm not going to refuse them. And anyone God gives me, I'm not going to let them go. Thankfully, his grip is stronger than mine. And it's abiding in that wonderful grip of grace that I'm saved by grace. That's why we bang on about grace a lot. That's why we sing about grace. That's why we celebrate what Jesus has done a lot. That's why we're going to take communion later on. Why? Because it's, it's the story of God right there in this bread and wine that, that illustrates the grace of God and communicates that to us, that together we're saying we're abiding in this truth of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. So it's this beautiful picture of our continuing to trust in Jesus. Faith in Christ isn't a one-off thing, is it? The Bible tells us if we're Christian, we walk by faith, trusting in him every day. And just finally, abiding is this picture of our utter dependence on Jesus as well. We read that verse out there. It said that the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Outside of God, I try and bear that fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. I try and bear that kind of fruit and we're capable of great things and beautiful things, but I can't do it. And the good news is, actually, by abiding in him, by staying connected to him, by walking with him, by abiding in the teaching of Christ, his promise is, I will bear fruit. That I will actually become more loving. That I will actually become a kinder person. I will actually become more gentle. I will become more self-controlled as I abide in Jesus, as I fix my eyes on him. Not on myself, not striving, not trying to come, think, right, today I must be more, I've got to try really, really hard, be kinder. No, no, focus on him. And his promise is, as he abides in us and we abide in him and we're in this beautiful relationship, that by the Spirit we start to bear fruit in our lives. And that's a lifelong thing, isn't it? Of growing in these things. But that's the promise as we go into 22. It's that, that as we get plugged, stay plugged into him, live in him, abide in him, make our address Jesus every day, wake up with him, abide, make your home in the teaching of Jesus, allow his words to shape our lives more than anything else, it'll be a fruitful 2022. I can't say we can achieve everything, whatever. I'm not going to say that. It's not, I can't say it's all going to be great. You know, what's that phrase that bangs around now at the minute as well? Best year ever. It's going to be your best year ever. I'd love to know what people base that on. <laughs> what foundation do you build that? Best year ever. We want to infuse that hope into each other, don't we, really? But it's just, what? No, abide in him, and the promise will be fruitful, fruitfulness in your life. But that doesn't mean it's going to be an easy year. It doesn't mean everything's going to go smoothly. It doesn't mean that but it does mean it can be more fruitful. 
because that's his promise as we abide in him. So look, band, why don't you come back up and uh, we'll worship together. And this is part of our abiding as well, isn't it? As we sing truth, we are abiding in, we're making our home in (laughs) truth about Jesus. That's why the songs are important, the words are important. But shall we stand, and I'll decide to pray for us really, that this year, that each one of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, that we would see this fruitfulness that Jesus has absolutely promised us. Because he said it here. This is where fruitfulness flows from. It's, it's, it's this dependence on Jesus, not on ourselves. That we make our home in him, we make him here. His words are addressing the world as we live out his mission in the world and his promise is fruitfulness. So who wants to be more fruitful this year? Well, then ask God. (laughs) Ask him to do that. Ask the Holy Spirit to work in your life in ways that are beyond you to bring that fruit that he has promised in our lives together as a church as well. Let's just pray for a bit. I want to encourage you as well, if you've you've got prophetic anything, feel free to come up and share in a moment. But Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that this is the deal. That it's not get sorted and come to you. It's come to you with all our mess and, and put our trust in you. And then it's stick with you and stay with you and abide with you and to live by your words and your truth and your promises then as we exercise this utter dependence on you that we can't produce any of this ourselves is that you will make us fruitful. You've appointed us to bear much fruit. And, and that's the promise, Lord. And I pray that this year for each one of us as we stick with Jesus through every season of life, as we stay with you, Jesus, we make you our address this year. Not other people's words and ways, but we make our home you, Jesus. We continue to do that as you make your home with us, as you dwell with your people. I pray for a fruitful 2022. I do pray for more love that that would continue to grow in our lives, Lord, that you'd love for God, love for one another. Jesus said this would be a picture, this would be a sign, this would be the, the visible, tangible thing that, that we your disciples, our love for one another. And I pray for that to continue to grow this year, Lord. Holy Spirit, as we abide in you together now, as we worship and take communion together, I pray, Lord, that uh, just for... pray for rest that we're not striving after fruitfulness and peace we've got peace with God we're not striving for a relationship with God and then confidence in you as well Jesus that you will produce fruit as we do what you've said in your precious name Amen